Our legacy isn't how many commas we have in our bank account. It's who we're lucky enough to have in our lives and what we can leave them with. Henry, remind me again why we can't put you in a gifted school. Because it's better for my psychosocial development for me to interact with a peer group in a normal school environment. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Judging It By The Cover, a pilot slash test run of a new show idea I came up with, me, Sly, and here are my co-hosts, <laughs> Ryan. God, Sly, the confidence is just palpable. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Try that again like you want to do it. <laughs> also, also, when you keep turning around, you can kind of hear it. <laughs> oh, <sad. laughs> I'm, very, I'm very animated when I talk, I can't help it. Yeah. All right. Sly's an anime girl. <laughs> Welcome to Juggling. Damn. <laughs> Welcome to Juggling. <laughs> Welcome to Juggalos. Welcome to Juggalos. Everyone grab your hat. No! It's, it's time to ride. Welcome to Judging It By Its Cover. A uh, new pilot for a new show I came up with. Uh, basically, the premise is I'm going to have four people, or however many people I happen to have, four people in this case, we're all going to uh, not see a movie and then talk about it and then see the movie after. Only uh, requirement is uh, only I'm allowed to know anything about the movie. Everyone has to try to guess what the movie is about, and probably will uh, will be blindsided by the actual premise. So I'm your host, Sly. Uh, my well, my first guest is Ryan. Say hello. Hello. My other guest is uh, Phil. Hi. Uh, Krista. Hello. And Kevin. Hello. So, uh, do you guys, do any of you know the movie you're doing today? Because I know a lot of you uh, say you forgot already. Yeah, no, I, literally most messages get deleted, so it's gone. <laughs> I uh, believe book, it is the Book of Henry. The Book of Mormon. Book of Eli? <laughs> oh, it's about Joseph Smith. He was a prophet, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Phil is right. It's the Book of, no, no, Phil's wrong. Uh, it was Ryan who's <laughs> right. It's the Book of Henry, not the Book of Mormon. Uh just based on the title, uh, let's go uh, person by person. Uh, Krista, what would you think the Book of Henry would be about based on the title? The Book of Henry is about a dog who writes a diary. <laughs> Why a dog? Out of I don't know, Henry. I just picture like a chocolate lab sitting there. He's like, hello, my name is Henry. Kevin, what do you, what do you imagine? I'm a thinking like uh, Shawshank Redemption type deal. Where like some guy's like writing about like a terrible part of his life i guess like break not not no per se breaking out of prison but like some sort of life event interesting uh phil what, what do you imagine uh i'm trying to imagine something really messed up because i'm like you don't imagine something messed up just like your first impression of like based on a title uh honestly i have no idea because i only can think of book of mormon and book of eli <laughs> both <laughs> both of which i have, don't know what they're about so i'm like uh could be anything really well you might might know morgan freeman's in it i guess is like, he? Yeah, he's in, he's in, he, not Margaret Freeman. Um, there's a Washington racist, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But, um, uh, Ryan, what do you imagine? I feel like it's a biopic of Henry VIII. Ah, I see that. I, I like this. We got, uh, we got three ideas and one who has no ideas. Henry VIII as a dog. Here, we're going to merge all uh, four ideas into one thing. So, I posted posters for his movie in, in our chat if you all if uh, i'll have you uh each uh describe each cover below me at once so krista can you describe the first cover i posted right, so the first first one okay here we go all right so first of all it's not a dog <laughs> all right debatable uh it's a kid with a like an old school piloting cap it looks like 
uh, kind of steampunk glasses and a, uh, or goggles, not glasses, with a, a poofy coat on to keep him warm, probably while he's flying. So what does this make you think the, the movie's about now? <sighs> not a dog. <laughs> <laughs> not a dog. Probably about, uh, like one of those propeller planes, and it's it looks like a young kid, so it's probably like a kid who successfully journeys on his own maybe on a on a helicopter plane kind of a thing what kind of tone you imagine you imagine like a like a oscar Beatty tone the whimsical like adventure tone like steven spielberg i guess what do you imagine i like kind of like survival survival interesting. yeah okay. yeah all right so number two kevin can you describe the second poster the second poster oh crap i look at that now <laughs> all right <laughs> going down the list this one is much more colorful we are once again sporting the boy with the weird hat and this time he has people inside of his head probably not a good thing uh all right so i'm sticking with my guns here that this is some sort of life uh life-changing thing this kid's definitely an inventor uh possibly not the best inventor and it's his journey to try to prove that he can that's what i'm going with Oh, hold on. There's a thing up top. Never leave things undone. Oh, yeah. This kid wants to do stuff. I don't know if he'll be able to, but uh, definitely wants Interesting. to. Interesting. All right. So, Phil, can you describe the third poster? Yeah. Now it's like Goodwill Hunting where they're just both uh, looking at a chalkboard with uh, uh, black uh, blueprints of some kind of flying machine. So maybe the kid pilot is not flying a plane. He's flying like a... Uh, it has wing, like, I mean, I know planes have wings, but they're like bird-like <laughs> wings. Uh, also, we see never leave things undone again. So maybe he has to build a machine to go somewhere, or this could have time travel, I guess. These are pretty weird glasses. Uh, Interesting. Time travel. You see, now we're going to all these different genres. I'm not <laughs> uh, and he has to go, like, I think like Kevin said, he has to do, go on some kind of journey, because uh, you can't leave things undone, you know? Yeah. All right, Ryan, what's the last one, the most different one out of all? So oh, the man. last one Whoa. is pictures of like the family. It looks like two boys from the previous poster and their mom. And there is a picture of a girl taped next to them. And it's on a red book with the flying machine and never leave things undone, which is the worst tagline ever. <laughs> and I, I did also notice that it's uh, either produced or something by focus features that did like eternal sunshine and lost in translation. Yeah. So it's probably, probably a weird movie, but I'm going to say that based on this book with the picture is that some young girl designed a flying machine and died, and then her brothers found the book and want to build it. Or, Interesting. Or the brother needs to go through to another dimension and become his sister, the girl. <laughs> or that. Also, this is, this is valid. Silverman this is valid. and Naomi Watts are in this movie? Yeah, we're going to talk about the cast. So, like, the cast is Naomi Watts. Uh, I don't know any actors or actresses, by the way. I don't know. Who I don't either. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad it's not just me. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I don't either. But luckily, their names are listed. Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously, <laughs> but I don't. I can't put a face to their name. There are people you know, and I'll go. I'll go with the people that like you probably do know. First, we'll talk about the director, uh, Colin Trevorrow. He directed Jurassic World. I know Phil oh. and uh, uh, Ryan did not see that, but Kevin and Krista did, and they think you liked it. It was yeah, fun. Yeah. So, like, what, does that change your uh, perception of what the movie's about, knowing that Colin Trevorrow, this was his follow-up to Jurassic World? No, but it makes me think that all the eyes are going to be super blue. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll be able to tell the important characters by how pretty their eyes are. Yeah. Good. That is a Colin Trevorrow trait. Uh, and uh, Ryan, you know Greg Hurts, the writer of this film. What does that make you think? Uh, what, what, how do you know Greg Hurts, and what does that make you think of this movie? He wrote some Batman books that I like a lot, but they're like super grim, dark, and violent, and like all deal with childhood trauma. So definitely, I think that kid's dead. I'm like pretty okay. sure that she dies like pretty <laughs> aggressively. <laughs> I, I actually, now looking at these names, I do know Lee Pace. He was in Pushing Daisies. Yes. Yeah. I know that He's too a- because I'm currently on his Wikipedia page. <laughs> You should oh. also, uh, you might not know Dear Norris by name, but he was the police officer in Breaking Bad. Uh, oh. Hank? Yeah, Hank. That's his name. Uh, what, is that, what do you think of Hank's role in this, in this, in this uh, movie? He's the villain. <laughs> He's the adult who tells all the kids, you can't do this. It's impossible. It's just ah, not, your, it's, it's just childhood dreams. <laughs> Don't go through time and become your sister. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and buried in this cast of All-Stars is also uh, Sarah Silverman. She's in this movie. Does that spark any imagination in your guy? I have never heard her no, name said as Silverman like that. Silverman. <laughs> she's a comedian, right? Yeah. So what, what, what do you think role is? Um, I mean, she's usually like pretty dirty, but she was really great in Wreck-It Ralph. So I don't know. She kind of can be all over the place. For a second, I thought it's actually like literally dirty. Like she's usually like filthy. Like <laughs> no, like she has. She's usually pretty foul mouth. Foul mouth. Yeah. Dirty yeah. girl. Well, this could be like uh, Jim Carrey's little adventure into like very serious film, where she's like, "I'm a comedian, but I want to try this thing." Which also makes sense if it's a focus feature film because mm-hmm. they had you know Eternal, Eternal Sunshine. Sunshine. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so uh, before we get to the uh, the next part, which would involve us actually watching the film, I want to discuss, discuss some of the uh, backlash to this film. Uh, so it has a 22% Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> very good, <Great>. very good. <laughs> it only made uh, $4 million theatrically. It came out this year, and I, I don't think any of you knew it came out. I didn't know it came out until I, I, I read about it. <laughs> I, I was convinced it was like 10 years old. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right, I've never heard of this. <laughs> And uh, because of this film, uh, the rumors are this film caused Colin Trevor. Colin Trevorrow was hired to be on Star Trek Episode Nine to be the director of the final. Um, uh, wait, 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 wait! What did you just say, Sly? What was the? Uh, episode Do you mean nine? Star Wars? What did I say? You said Star, Star Trek. Uh, Star Wars. And I went with it. I'm like, I guess this is nine Star Treks. <laughs> 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 I, have, I haven't seen them, so I'm just I think there's eleven Star Treks for for twelve at this uh, point. Whatever. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Star Wars Episode Nine. Sorry, nerds, don't freak out. Uh, I'm freaking out. Yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> so yeah, uh, and because this movie, so the rumors are that this, is, this movie is why part of the reason why he was kicked off of Star Wars. Uh, so what does, that, what does that make you think? Uh, what, why is this movie so controversial? It's not good. Well, it probably no, tried. But... It probably tried to do. I mean, probably sticking with their guns of never leave things undone. They probably tried to do way too many things. They're probably going for like a a serious life changing event in this you know poor kid's life where like. A tragic event happened to him, and they're also trying to throw in fantasy. As they're also trying to throw in like that and old comedy man with who's... Sarah Silverman. Yeah, like they're probably trying to throw in way too many elements and just the hash So you're trying to say you think that things should have been left more undone? Yes, leave more <laughs> things undone. That's okay. like the goal here. Maybe leave some things undone. Yeah, Maybe... I think this movie's probably really sexist because I remember when he got kicked off Star Wars, people were really happy about it. Mm. And mm. they were like, maybe we could get a woman director. So I'm gonna say that maybe that's why. Oh yeah, 
Disney because... is like trying to be really progressive with the new Star Wars movies, and I, I maybe that's why. That's why when he tries to become a sister, the moral of the story is don't ever be trans and uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes and that's why they were like you can't okay. have this on there I like, get it. we, we right. love being trans that's like totally what we're all about now yeah they they explicitly say like you're only changing this because it's a choice and it's not how you were born <laughs> exactly <laughs> so based on what we've discussed do you are you guys interested in seeing this movie are you excited or do you think you're going to hate it and you don't want to see it at all I don't want to see it. <laughs> I don't care. I, <laughs> I want see the thing I'm, is I want to watch like a preview for it because I know most previews, especially for like Jurassic World, you can already tell everything that's going to happen from that. Also, oh, yeah, it's yeah. Jurassic World, and obviously the dinosaurs have to escape. Uh, oh, spoilers! Uh, and <laughs> oh, good thing I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I, I'd I'd probably be able to judge the entire thing from that, but I will watch it just to see if I'm right because now I'm curious to see you know my ego and all that. I will say you were right, uh, Kevin, because uh, the reason why I picked this movie is because I, I, heard, I heard it briefly mentioned by one of our fans of our, our other podcast, Divisive Issues and uh, Society Politics, uh, Tracy. She mentioned it like, oh, I, I'm glad Colin Trevor is off episode, episode 9 because of this movie. And I looked it up and I saw a trailer and it basically lays out an entire film, which is why <laughs> we're not watching the trailer. But yeah. if you were... <laughs> Judging by the trailer. Uh, Krista, what's your thoughts? My thoughts, I've watched... A fair amount of terrible movies, and I'm pretty excited. I mean, okay, what did great. you say? 22 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. I'm excited. Uh, <laughs> it's worth noting it has a 60 percent by the audience, so maybe it's a movie that the critics hate but the fans love. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. All the sexist uh, uh, man, uh, woman hating people in the audience. <laughs> yeah, because we're love. we're all excited to see this little girl die. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, so we're going to take a brief uh, break, a several days break, where we all take our time to watch this film, and then we're going to reconvene and give our thoughts on the beast that this film actually is, and yeah, see this, how close we got. The right, several so days gonna... break is why this uh, episode of this podcast is 60 hours long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, have, you have to follow along our days and watch us go to work. And, yeah. as, as we're sleeping, you get to hear our snoring and everything. <laughs> while we savor the Book of Henry. <laughs> yeah. That's I know what you've done. Henry documented all of it. Who do you think they're gonna believe? It can't be left undone. No matter what, don't panic. I'm not panicking. We have to make it better. Welcome back. We're back after a, almost a month break, I think. But um, no, we just finished it. We do, we just came out of the theater together. Yeah, yeah. We all <laughs> saw in theater. Uh, we, we came back at the theater just for our special showing. We all saw it, and now we're recording it fresh. And we don't need any reminders about what happened at all. And we don't need to divvy up the the plot based on how much people remember at all, right? Not yeah, no, close. that right. that's not how this happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow, so you're not peeking behind the curtain. You've torn the curtains down on this podcast. <laughs> All right, so as we talk about this movie, let's break it down into chunks. So first we'll talk about what the movie presents itself as. So what does it present itself as, Ryan? Okay, so when you first start watching the movie, it's about like an 11-year-old boy genius who has a single mom and a little brother, and everyone in this movie is so cute. All these kids are so cute. And... Basically, like, his mom's a waitress, and 
she's also working on like some indie like coloring book stuff or whatever like children's books and this boy is so smart that he like has rube goldberg machines everywhere he he, he basically like raises the mom because she, yeah he, he raises himself and his younger brother he's like he's such a genius that the movie can't stop telling you every scene how he already knows everything yeah yeah he's like unbelievably genius uh to be frank because uh like he knows like about medicine when he talks to doctors not only that but he, he also balances all of her finances exactly he's like a financial expert medical yeah he expert. invests the family the family's money into different places and he, like he like call like is the one making calls to different places and the mom just basically works her diner job and and she doesn't have to. Yeah, he says like you don't have to work that job anymore. Yeah, I've invested our money so wisely that we're actually rich. Yeah, why does she yeah. keep this job? I don't know. But he also uh, he also has a big crush on their next door neighbor Christina, and she's like really depressed lately. And I don't know. It's I don't get why he's in school, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, it seems like he he would be in college. Yeah. Um. I also. I'd like to think that this is the inspiration for Young Sheldon, the hit new TV series. It does feel like that. <laughs> but basically, throughout the first, you know, half of the movie, it's just like the boy doing lots of, like, he's setting up plans for things we don't know about. He also, he suspects, and then it's explicitly shown to him that they're, like, I think he's the commissioner or, like, a captain. Somebody high in the local police department is Christina's stepdad, and he abuses her. He's yeah, he's the local police commissioner. So he's trying to like save her from this. So he calls Chuck. And, yeah. and I feel like that even even that was a pretty big shift in the tone because the beginning of the movie, it just seems like kind of a cutesy story. And then you know, the mom is talking to the next door neighbor, the police commissioner guy, and she's like, "Oh, how's it going whatever." And then it's like the kid just suspects this whole time that this is going on and to the point where he busts into the principal's office and he's like, God damn it, Sherry, how long is this charade going to go on? Yeah. <laughs> like, As like, if he's like a fucking cop going to the police chief saying, damn it, we know the, the KGB is crooked. We have to rush into their room right now. And she's like, you're on you a loose cannon, like a kid. You got to go back to your post. <laughs> it really is like that. And it's, yeah. it's this fucking child. And I don't know, like, I don't know the last time you talked to like an 11-year-old, but they're not, they, it's not how they talk. Yeah. Oh, and also yeah. this kid's name is Henry, if, if people didn't gather. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hence, Book of Henry. Yeah, that's yeah. his book. So he, everything, all the stuff he does, he writes in this little red book. That's his... Mao's little Yeah, his, his guide to <laughs> communism. And, like, we, we do see... that I actually, I'm going to shock everybody. I kind of really like the first half of this movie. <laughs> oh. And I know, I, I know. I kind of really like, once I accepted the ridiculous premise that, like, he is running their lives as this 11-year-old, you see, like, his mom is, like, super, like, depressed and has her buddy Sarah Silverman over and, like, they get super drunk and, like, him and his brother just kind of have to, like, watch their mom be super self-destructive and, I don't know, I, I'm i not going to say that I super relate to that, but there are elements of that that I'm like, okay, I get that. And I think I'm just a big sucker for any, like, little brother relationship. Like, it gets me really good. <laughs> I, I liked, I kind of like the relationship too, but the, the, the in your face, how much of a genius he is. Yeah. Like, I, I actually, I, I, I can't stomach that. I don't know if it's because of books like Nemesis and stuff like that, but <laughs> so over the top where he's just like, yeah. no, everything that needs to happen, I've already calculated five years ago when I was six years yeah. old. Like, it's, it, <laughs> That's what makes this movie so weird is because I actually feel like 
the characters for the most part are like I find their I find them really emotionally engaging and I really like their relationships and like the way they interact together I really really like except when they're like just dropping like I'm so smart that I've solved the whole world's budget or like all these things and it's like it, it's jarring but I actually really like the characters in this movie and I also think the actors are really Yeah, good. the acting is, especially for a movie that focuses on kids. Before we uh, transition further, I just want to uh, get Kevin and Chris's input so far. Do you agree with Ryan's uh, analysis on the first chunk, or were you already turned off? Uh, well, it would have made a lot more sense to me if Henry was, like, maybe 15. Maybe then it would be a little bit more believable. Very fair, yeah. But yeah. because he's so young, and especially because he was right about Christina and how she was getting abused. Like, I just wanted him to be wrong about something. I just kept waiting for him to be wrong because he's 11. He can't know everything yet. Christina was a little uh, wise ass to finally get uh, shown up after a while. Yeah, and yeah. they don't actually show the abuse to the viewer. They He's looking at it, like, from his window, and it seems pretty explicit. But I was actually... I thought that's the way the plot was going, that, like, he's misinterpreting it because even though he's brilliant, he's also 11 and, like, doesn't fully understand social cues and how the world works. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, he's a super Mary Sue and everything he does is great. But, um, so, he is, he calls Child Protective Services, he gets them to... They get oh, but you you see when the CPS officer comes that he's like the brother of yeah. The police so this yeah. thing is also really on the nose that like there that like the principal like Phil said when he bursts in he's like listen Sherry the principal's yeah. like we can't accuse the police commissioner of something without evidence and like he Henry gives him like psychological profiles like and all this <laughs> stuff and it's like you can see all this God. evidence I've read all these I've read all these damn brochures Sherry and he like throws them <laughs> in her face but like it's. The, basically, the premise is that he's a high-up police commissioner, and he's so ingrained in the system, and the system's so corrupt that you can't. he can do whatever he wants. And it would be, I think, a better theme if it wasn't so on the nose that, like, he calls CPS, the CPS guy comes, and then he looks at the back of the brochure, and it's like, the CPS head is is Christina's dad's brother and it's like dun yeah, dun yeah. dun and it's like yeah. you're so brilliant but you didn't like read the name under the phone number <laughs> I don't know so then the middle happens and basically what happens is Henry gets really this is the second plot yeah. no the third plot yeah so this is now when the third plot comes in and Henry has he he takes medicine throughout the whole movie and at first I thought he was taking just like sleeping pills because he's like a grizzled gritty old man even though he's 11 but he actually has a brain tumor and he has a violent seizure. He gets taken to the hospital and he he basically is like trying to get his mom's affairs in order. And well, she's wait, like, wait, 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 wait. First of all, when he comes out of the seizure, he diagnoses himself. Yes. Perfectly. Yes, he does perfectly. That. He's like, come on, don't give that to me. Doctor. Give it to Tell me, me straight, doc. Me straight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Literally, oh no, I got. Literally, a neurosurgeon comes up to him and he's like, "You've got a boo boo in your head," and he's like, "I've got this type of tumor, and I know it's spreading at this rate, yeah. and there's nothing, there's no treatment that can, you know, whatever. How about you try?" This I know medicine? every medicine that is, is yeah. you know, doc. I know you can't treat me. So Fuck you. this is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> but he couldn't figure it out beforehand. Yeah, yeah he couldn't exactly. figure it out when he was having the headaches. Yeah, yeah, and then he like he starts seizing again, and it's like it's. Very serious. And at this point, I'm like, are they going to kill this kid? I cannot believe they're going to kill this kid. 
And then he like reaches, he goes to the window. So Ryan, Ryan was already like, oh, you're already going too far movie at this yeah, point. So. Yeah, so he reaches for the window and he lets the sun shine on him one more time as he dies in his mom's arms. To be completely honest, for this and the next like five to ten minutes, I really cried like a baby. <laughs> really? Yeah, I really did. I, I was fu- I was okay here, but when all the stuff with his little brother, where like his little brother's the just little... sitting outside by himself. Yeah. yeah, that was actually pretty touching. And the then like... Yeah, and then, like, the little brother's just going through the rest of his life. Like, it just has him, like, day by day. And it's kind of like a quick montage of going over the next couple months. And, like, I don't know. Any regular listener to podcasts I've been on knows that, like, I love my little brother a lot. (laughs) And seeing him, like, just, it really, it really messed me up. And especially there's a scene where the mom is just making, like, a thousand brownies and cakes. And he's, like mom, you have to get over this. Like, Henry would hate this. And she's like, what would Henry know? Well, Henry's gone. Henry's gone. And then he's like, no, like, we need to be better for Henry. And I was just, like, a mess. And this arc kind of gets, like, it gets wrapped up a little bit where basically the surgeon that, you know, performed the the surgery on Henry kind of comes and just wants to see how the family's doing and wants to see how the, you know, how Henry's mom is doing. And he kind of, like, gives the son his card and he's like, anytime you need to talk, please talk to me. And, like, that's when the son is like, I think, like, I should have been the one to die. Like, Henry was bringing, was adding something to this world and I wasn't. I was just his sidekick. And it's like, I was like, how, like, everybody hates this movie. Why does everybody hate this movie? This is, like, so impactful for me. I'm like, I really, because I was talking to some people while I was watching it, and I was like, I think I love this movie, and I think Sly wanted me to hate it. So I'm, like, really confused. But wait, then, wait, wait. Sly wants you to hate everything. So, like, at this point, I was full-on on board. And this is kind of when, like, the movie shifts. Yeah, so first, let's, ha- let's uh, touch base with everyone. How is everyone else feeling during this movie? Uh, Krista... What were your thoughts at this point? At this point, I was... I was upset for the little brother. I really was. Like, he honestly was my favorite character throughout the whole thing. And he's got these big um, glasses! Oh. Yeah, he's just oh. so dorky looking, and everyone makes fun of him, and you just really feel for him. And he was honestly, like, the only character I believed. Like, I know Ryan keeps saying he loves these characters and everything, but... But he's wrong. The, he's an idiot, you should be but... wrong. You should, you should feel bad about how wrong you are. <laughs> no, but he like the mom. I don't know. She like comes home and she plays video games, but like she's yeah. I don't know. It was just it was. She she bad. comes home, plays video games, and drinks. The yeah. the Henry was just like, oh yeah, I I saw the world hunger, but like I still go to school every day. And, like, yeah, that's a, like when I say from... when I say like I like these characters a lot. I mean like when I. Look, when I ignore the ridiculous plot aspects of it, like, I actually found their relationships endearing. And I think the little okay. brother is kind of, like, to me, the glue that holds it together. And without yeah. him, it would not work whatsoever. Yeah, that's right. that's the thing yeah. is what we were talking that's about. It's, like, the only part that we liked was the little brother who made it go forward. Even Dr. Dad was a bit weird. Yeah. Dr. Dad. I'm your new Dr. There's Dad. There's a scene I forgot to mention that I think becomes important, kind of, where what... Like, it's Henry and the brother have like this big fight, and it's the only time we see Henry as a kid where he like sets up like a goof, 
like rock climbing scenario where he basically sets up a big fan oh, and like blows fake mm-hmm. snow everywhere and yeah, like yeah. takes plungers and like pretends to climb along the floor like as if he's climbing up a mountain and it's the first time like and he makes his little brother laugh and it's the only time in the movie we really see like their relationship as kids and not as like a almost like a father-son kind of thing mm-hmm. and it's yeah. like the brother the little brother grounds this whole movie to me in a way that like I was hoping the rest of the movie would continue on, but it very much doesn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, Phil. So, what were I, your thoughts at this point? I really dislike this movie a lot at <laughs> yeah. this point. I, I honestly, I know, I know you. I were. honestly, like, like I said before, I can't, I really can't stomach the the super genius that is right at every turn. Because then I feel like, what, why, why am I even watching this? It's just like the writer jerking off, and you, you also always say it's, it feels like cheating, especially when we yeah. point out yeah. stuff like he he knew. All about tumor, except before he had it. Well, it's like as soon as he has it, it, he's like, "Of course, I should have calculated that." Like it's like the one thing, whatever. It just feels like the the genius is always ignored whenever it's convenient for a plot. Yeah, no, absolutely. I even as someone who liked it at this point, I totally agree. Yeah, and I I didn't like I didn't like a lot of the characters. I I agree, the little brother relationship was good, but like the mom, like you said, just played Gears of War all day, and the Sarah Silverman scenes were so weird. It's just like she's getting drunk, and then the mom's like, "You weren't at work. Why? Where were you?" Because they're coworkers. And she's like, yeah. ah, I'm drunk. And she's like, drink with me. And the mom's like, I shouldn't. I have the kids here. And she's like, I'll just get drunk. And, and then that's the scene. Um, I guess excuse just... me. That's kind of exactly what it was like in college to live with Phil. <laughs> okay, but I'm not. I'm <laughs> not raising like, children. No, what are you doing? Are you just drunk? And you're like, yeah. And then everyone's drunk all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but uh, I don't have. I'm not driving around with my children. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I mean, she's obviously an alcoholic. The plot never goes anywhere, by the way. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. That's I'm very like, true. When I was watching them, I'm like, so what is the point of Sarah Silverman? And she's like. Like, she's always, like, uh, having this relationship with Henry, too, which is, like, almost... Like, if he was older, I'd be like, she's flirting with him. Yeah, I, I did keep thinking, like, is she gonna try to fuck Henry? That's what I thought, too. I'm like, before he dies... Even without him being older. Yeah. I yeah. She was still flirting with him. You know, yeah. Krista really raises a valid point that a lot of... Not that this would make it weird, but a lot of this, the weird stuff would be a little less weird if he was, like, 15, 16. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. then, like, maybe, like, this alcoholic, like, going-nowhere waitress plot... Her hitting on a 16-year-old is weird and sad, but it's not as terrible as this 11-year-old. Uh, especially because she, like, she, like curses at him, too. She's like, come on, you you little bastard. And he's like, oh, you, you dumbass, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Like, it's really weird. And, and also, she mentioned that they make out. That does happen. Do kiss. That yeah, she I, does kiss him before he dies, which is very weird. It's I like, thought she was gonna. I, I thought she was gonna bone him like you're not gonna die a virgin. <laughs> right, <laughs> at eleven years old. And even then, like him taking on the burden of financially managing the family makes so much more sense for a fifteen yeah. or sixteen year old because that happens in the real life. In the real life, in yeah, the real world yeah. all the time. Yeah, it does. Anymore. In the real life. Uh, okay, so I'm I'm fucking hating this movie at this point. I'm really. <laughs> Honestly, I, I'm pretty bored by it. I, I respected that they had the balls to kill Henry, but at the same time, when we were kind of figuring out what was going to happen, we were suspecting that one of the kids was going to die. Yeah. So I wasn't, like, too shocked by this, but I'm like, okay, that's pretty pretty dark. And, and the relationship with the brother was pretty good. I, I agree with you guys that the scenes of him, like, mourning was, was really sad and, and coming to terms with with the loss. That was good. But at this point, I, I was, paused and I was like, "There's an hour left in this." Movie? Yeah, so so I was watching this with Chrissy, and we were we we're both saying like, "How are we only halfway done?" Like, and it, so as we start watching, uh, there's also one hint before he dies where he tells the little brother, "Take this notebook, and when I'm gone, you have to give this to mom." And he was also recording stuff about Christina's child abuse in there. Yeah. So we were wondering, I'm like, is is he like, is he gonna pass down like his 
his wanting to save Christina to the mom. And so after Henry's gone, Susan, the mom, starts to uh, read the notebook. And there's actually um, a cassette tape where she puts on headphones and Henry... Basically, he's like, hey, mom, like, you know, I'm gone. He, he already recorded, like, hours and hours. But of... he's so smart that when she mutters things to herself, he responds. Because he knows exactly what she's going to say. All according to Kikako. <laughs> yeah. And so at this point, we're like, th- we were really like, di- we both disliked this movie at this point. And we're like, the only way this could really become enjoyable is if, like, it, this goes just completely crazy. Like, if you guys have listened to our last, our other podcasts, um, Divisive Issues in particular... Like, how Daryl doesn't like bad things until they're really bad. <laughs> like, sometimes I, I, so was, that's good, basically. I was kind of feeling that about this. I'm like, the only way this could be cool is if, like, all of a sudden the mom starts to, like, try to kill the neighbor or something and kill and save the girl. And then as it goes on, we start listening to the cassette tape. And Henry's like, I'm going to need you to do this, mom. Uh, oh, this is something we should have said before, too. But, but when Henry was still alive... He was casing a gunshot. But they don't, yeah. like, it's so out of nowhere, and they don't mention it for another, like, half hour. So, like, yeah. he'll be, he'll find out the secret code words you could buy guns illegally. And <laughs> then, like, then he gets, he has a seizure, and it's like, I, yeah. that's a weird thing he did that isn't gonna come up again. <laughs> but that was in my mind, where I'm like, th- like, what if, what if this movie went really crazy, and, and all of a sudden... You know, so Phil has the movie's number, apparently. I, and, well, I wanted so it to. it almost becomes like a heist film. Yeah, I wanted it to become that, and it started to become that. And <laughs> the mom is listening to the tapes, and Henry's like, all right, mom, I'm going to need you to walk into this gun shop and ask for Jose, and you're going to need to say the code word and, and throw down this money. You have to take out uh, money from different ATMs. Go to this one, this one, and this one, and take out $100. And she, and like, like Ryan said, as she says, like, that's impossible to do. He's like, I know you're saying that's impossible to do, <laughs> but, like, or, like, even things not even that she's saying, it's like, you're probably walking next to this sign right now, and at this sign you'll notice like literally guideposts for. It's Karen's so left. dumb. Like he, she's like, go to your left, and then wait a second, your other left, and she turns around. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Oh, good. Like this would work if this was like a cartoon or like an yeah. episode of The Simpsons or something. If if this movie took itself more silly, like it went for that, yeah. it would work perfectly, and everyone would be like, yeah, great, cool, super smart kid from dead. Yeah. So at first, when she faces out the child abuse, she like she doesn't go completely uh, to the extreme, and she's like, "I'll just call um, ch- uh, social services or something." Uh, you're probably like, thinking you should call social services. I've already done that, and it doesn't work yeah. for these reasons. Like Henry, that fails, and um, she's basically she's motivated because one night she sees, I think she sees the police commissioner in Christina's room, and is like, "Oh my god, maybe he is." Abusing we basically her. see almost the exact same scene than when Henry saw. Where nothing happens. It was never like we never saw. Never anything. confirmed for us. Yeah, we the movie doesn't want to show us the child get abused, but we will watch an eleven year old boy seized to death. Like <laughs> we see that that happens on screen. I don't yeah. know. It's weird. And basically, the rest of this movie goes. This is actually where I started to like the movie, where it goes completely off the rails, and it starts to become uh, her, the mom, following Henry's instructions of how to carry out the assassination of the police commissioner and cover her tracks to not get caught. And it's like, yeah. it's really crazy. Like, he's like, you're going to have to buy a sniper rifle with a silencer. You're going to have to set up, uh, sh- you're going to have to lure him out into this, you know, clearing and kill him here. You're going to have to hide the body this way. And it, it gets, it goes really crazy really quickly. Not only that, but there's also a plot in the background where she is gaining c- custody of Christina if he dies. 
Be- oh, yeah. Because she forges all the paperwork by getting him to sign something, the permission slip for her to go to the talent show with her, and then she, uh, and then, like, they have the witness that they forge a signature of this old woman who died, like, two months ago that Henry got her signature for. Like, it's bonkers. He, he has already planned how to forge all this paperwork and get him to sign it so that if, if somehow he dies, uh, custody will transfer to her, yeah. All right, so Phil was down for this uh, twist. I was. I loved it. Brian, what were your thoughts? I'm not going to lie. I started to really enjoy it for different reasons. Where at the first part, I was like, I want to see these characters interact. And, like, I'll deal with this stupid plot, whatever. But now I'm like, okay, now that all the, like, emotional stuff is out of the way, let's kill this guy. (laughs) So, like, I, I understand that these two sides of the movie are incongruous. And both are stronger than, like, the parts are stronger than the whole. But, like, I was kind of with Phil where I was good. I was like, okay, I'll go along with this ride. Kevin, what are your thoughts? I was laughing my ass off at this point. I was like, just fucking do it. Yeah, whatever. Just go with it. Like, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we also thought that it wasn't going to be the mother doing this. We all, we thought it was going to be the like a, a time skip and then Pete taking over for this. Oh, but, that would have been uh, awesome. Coming of age story. So then, the coming of age and murdering. Yeah, this story. this whole time we were like, okay, we want Pete to actually win. And like when Pete, you know, it didn't time skip and she started doing it, we're like, Okay, well, Dr. Dad's going to have to do something, right? Like, they wouldn't <laughs> introduce him and have him just, like, randomly show up at the fucking house to, like, just be like, oh, no, he's a side character. They're like, very clearly, this is a doctor who probably wants a little bit more than doctor stuff. They were, like, hugging and they were talking about stuff. He comes and visits and, like, But Whoa. it never goes anywhere. Yeah. It's, no. Spoilers. Like a lot of things in this movie. Yeah. And do you agree? Uh, Krista, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, at this point, we were just laughing, like, oh my gosh, why is she all of a sudden so competent, too? Like, she goes into the gun shop and, like, talks to that guy like she knows what she's talking about. Also, for the record, the doctor is played by Lee Pace, who's, like, a pretty reputable actor, and he's in a lot of stuff, and, like, oh, he'll be in this, like, weird role for a little while. Randomly showing up for, like, the talent show that Christina's, like... Yeah, like I said, Sarah Silverman doesn't do anything either. And Bobby like, Moynihan, Bobby Moynihan is their boss. Like, there's people in this movie. This is a cast. Yeah. Yeah. The problem that we saw that was that they put all of the money and time and effort into getting these awesome actors, and they all yeah. did a great job. And then they were just like, "What about the script? We'll, we'll come together. We have like all these stars here." Yeah. No, I think I think the script was great for what it was, which is a first draft. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, how does it end, uh, Krista? Um, all right, so the mom gets all this stuff together, and she basically sets up her uh, sniper rifle in their <laughs> literally in their weird. What was the weird? What, the tree it's fort? It's a fucking treehouse. Where, where is that? Like, it's like out in the woods. But like, I I feel like the only time we ever saw like where it could possibly be was like at the end when the guy was walking towards it. And then I was like, oh, this is, like, actually in their backyard, not, like, just some faraway place. But I still don't get it because there was a bridge. Like It's weird. So she, like, really whistles weird. to lure him, but yeah. she's, like, really far away. And I don't know why he would follow, like, a whistle into the woods. <laughs> oh, yeah, because police commissioner. But also remember well, that all of this is happening during the talent show because she dropped yeah. off right. everyone's talent That's show. That's her alibi. Doc- yeah, Dr. Yeah. Dad yeah. shows up. You got the, the beaten girl there. Uh, and then, like, all this stuff's happening. She's like, I'm going to quickly drive away. And, like, Henry's, like, commenting on her driving. And, like, the shot's getting taken. And Christy, you up again. Uh, yeah, so then she's, like, right there lining up a shot. And I think 
So the picture thing, that was Peter who made that, right? Yes. So the little brother sets up his own Rube Goldberg machine that right before she takes the kill shot. She like sees this picture and she's like, right, because love rules all. I have to leave this undone. I can't shoot him. And then I, I, I actually, actually, to defend this movie a little bit, I do get what they're trying to go for thematically. Because if mom is a mess, she she can't do anything right, and she's uh, she's grieving for her son. So like she's using this weird murder revenge scheme to uh, listen to his voice and keep herself busy while she's uh, grieving. And and this is a moment when she realizes that even though Henry was uh, really smart and all this stuff, uh, she uh, he was still a fucking little baby, and I have to be adult and not murder people. Yeah. Yeah, thematically, no. it makes sense on yeah. paper, but, like... Yeah. And, uh, can you guys just imagine for a second a world where she hears this tape and is, like, that's immediately, is like, that's ridiculous, I'm not gonna kill somebody, and then listens to the whole thing of him giving these specific directions as she doesn't do those things? <laughs> yeah, that'd be hilarious. And she's like, aw, Henry. Uh, it's even to the point, like, he, 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 he narrates to the point where he's, like, all right, you have him in your sights now. Breathe slowly. You're gonna have to re- the recoil, like, like literally, like two. And he says, "Like nice shot, mom." <laughs> and then, yeah. yeah, and and oh yeah, she because he also talks her through gun training. He talks her oh, through yeah. the whole alibi thing. But then, in a really weird twist here, because I'm like, I can kind of get that. Like, I, I want, I did want her to kill the police commissioner. I'm like, just go, just like <laughs> yeah. become punished. This movie should just become the Punisher, like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it didn't. And I get, I, okay, I get that. But then, really strangely. In the middle of the woods, she comes out and confronts him and basically says to the police commissioner, again, they're in the dark in the woods, I know you're beating your daughter, I'm going to expose you to the world, there's nothing you can do about it. He has a gun out, too, because he, he has, I guess he assumed there was a trespasser on his property. and Whistling. Yeah. Because that's what they Yeah. <laughs> and... Basically, he's like, "Well, I'm the police commissioner. You know, you don't have proof." Whatever. And you also have this illegal sniper rifle that you're just like aiming at people. <laughs> you just have that. <laughs> aiming at me. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. So like, I was like, "This is just." I I know she's always portrayed as incompetent, but this seems like a stretch. Like, if you like, this is like, I don't value my life at all. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna. She gets really lucky. Like the plot conveniently uh, works, so her tactics play out. Yeah. Because here, like, it, I think in this in a in a realistic setting where this guy's like, I'm gonna go to jail for the rest of my life if she exposes me. He would kill her here. Yeah. But yeah. he doesn't. And also this spot is designed as a place you can kill someone and get away with it by yeah. Henry. <laughs> yeah. And, and what's what's crazy here is like like Sly said, this is not like this is this is my big complaint at the end of the movie is her her actions actually have nothing to do with the plot because she decides not to do it. Wait, hold and on. Luckily I yeah. want Krista to tell us all about this talent show. Yeah. yeah. Yes. What happens so, at the end? So while she's setting up her shot. Uh, the girl, Christina, who is the weakest character that I've ever seen. Yes. Because she says... She says almost nothing about the movie, by the way. She says nothing. She has, like, the main focus of the plot. She says nothing. Yeah. And she's dancing, and I guess it was a really sad dance because it convinced the principal (laughs) to call the cops, I guess. I don't know. Because when she said, I don't have any proof to Henry, you believe her because she's an adult. And now you still don't have any proof... No, but now she but knows. She now, watches that dance. She, she's like, "Oh, that kid is abused." Oh, that's so sad. See, I took it as I was like, I was like, "Is this supposed to be like maybe because she's in a like a ballerina outfit? Maybe she, like she, this would make more sense if she like had bruises on her back." Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But like, 
If she does, it is not clear from this sad interpretive dance no. that she does. <laughs> yeah, no. You just tell how sad she is by the way she moves. Uh, Only the abused child would dance like that. Yeah, <laughs> I think it, I think it's, a, it's supposed to be the look in her eyes or something because she like she does look really fucking like. That's why you write a police police report. Um, she had a look in her eyes that told me she was police, she was abused as, as a child. So arrest her dad and police are like you got you got you got him. That's a <laughs> it's case. There's too much. We can't bear it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So then she calls the police or whoever, and then. Peter. Uh, Peter was gonna go next, and he was gonna. Wait, but hold on. Wait. Yeah, what? What about the phone call that Glenn makes on his way home? Because when the when the dad makes the he gets the phone call that from his brother, and it's like, this you've oh, been found yeah. out, Glenn. And he, I, the there's vibe I much. got was like, there's too much. This goes all the way to the top, and it's like, <laughs> what? Yeah. We, we can't, can't cover, cover this up anymore. anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's like a. Greg Hurwitz, like we mentioned, he writes Batman. Like he's writing, he's writing like uh, Commissioner Gordon dialogue. Yeah, yeah. and he's like, like this goes all the way to the top. Don't tell me she did the sad dance. <laughs> <laughs> she gave him the sad eyes. <laughs> so then, then the part that just lost me is right. As here. soon as soon as the mom didn't kill that guy, I was like, he's gonna kill himself. And Kevin was like, no, he's not. And and lo and behold. He gets this call and he's like, "You know what? I can't fucking do this." And he just blows his brains out. As yeah. the as the police show up, he as the police show up very conveniently, make it make it very clean yeah. uh, plot for everyone else. Yeah, and and yeah. like like you guys were saying, like this is all happening while Peter, the younger brother, is doing his magician show. Yes, oh when he's God. and this this part actually pissed me off because I love I love Pete the entire time, and he goes, "I'm gonna bring bring back my brother," and it was like. Okay. And that's like, when you know, Dr. Dad looks back for the mom, like, where yeah. are you? You need to be here. Dr. Dad's this like, is oh, like a oh. fucked up thing that he's this saying. Is bad. <laughs> yeah. But then like What did you guys think was gonna happen by the way? I had no it? idea. I had no idea. Is he, he's actually a new, a new Frankenstein Henry <laughs> So yeah, he, Peter comes out with his like magician like it's like a little kid magician set. He's like got a wand, he's got like the white gloves and the black cape, and he has a trunk and he's like, I'm gonna make my brother come back from the dead. <laughs> And now yeah. this part could have been done perfectly. Like they had everything. If they had set things up, this could have been done great. Because then he like he taps the thing. He's like, "My brother's gonna return." Oh, you know, suspense is high. It's not opening. So he kicks it. And it opens, and out comes that confetti stuff that his brother used for that. You know, that one. What Ryan was saying, the one time that he was being a kid, that stuff comes out. But like that happened once. In yeah. in Peter's hallway, that no one else saw. Like if there was like a thing that like Henry's like mo was like when he'd like be pissed about something he'd like throw up confetti and be like this is ridiculous. Like that would have been <laughs> awesome because it'd be like yes, the confetti returns. Or you make it where his mom is really emotionally affected by this and nobody else gets it, and it's a quiet moment where everybody else yes. is like this is really weird, but it shows that the mom is ready to be there for. Peter, instead of, you know, like, going on these... Instead of murder... Or instead of just always focusing on Henry. Even though Henry's dead, this movie's still all about Henry, and Peter is completely neglected the whole time. Mm -hmm. Having this be a moment where she realizes that it's time for me to give a shit about my living son, instead, confetti comes out, somehow fills the whole auditorium like it's (laughs) snowing, and he gets a standing ovation. What? That makes no fucking sense. None of it. Like, at yeah. that point, I was like, dear God. And, like, looking at Dr. Dad, who's just, like, there. And, like, as we were saying, like, he's an important person. He's a very attractive man. And, like, he's just kind of, like, 
I'm here to look at this. And even he was like, yes, this is good. It's like, how is this good? And everybody, it's everybody loves it. Like, this is, yeah. this isn't what magic is. <laughs> I see through the tricks. You don't fool me. There's a jet in there. So what's the final uh, note this movie ends on? The actual final plot point is like, oh, now Christina's saved and uh, brought, and Susan, now since she forged all that fucking paperwork with Henry's help, can legally adopt Christina. Uh, and she's like, I'm going to go do something better with my life. I'm going to go write my children's books like Henry would want. First of all, in the last scene where, like, the, so Peter and Christina are in the same room, I was like, wait, that can't happen. Bonner time. And then they're like, oh, when your room gets completed. And I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. Like, that was the only issue <laughs> I had. Going <laughs> oh, but, yeah. And also, yeah, she mo- when she moves in with them, she, like, takes over Henry's bed. And she's, like, super happy. And like no, even no, 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 no. Peter takes Henry. Oh head. no, you're right, yeah. you're right. But she's yeah. in the room. She's in the room with him, and like she's super happy about it. And for me, like I understand she's out of this abusive, like relationship and stuff with her father, and like she's finally like free of it. But she's like pretty totally cool with the fact that her dad just like shot himself. I in think the head, I like, think it's very... her stepdad who yeah, like her, we don't know still, how long like, was in the picture. Pretty traumatic. Yeah, oh for sure. I was I was really annoyed at this end because like I said before. If the mom didn't exist, like the plot would have been almost the same. Like, yeah, she, the the principal still would have realized, but she wouldn't have been able to adopt the daughter. Okay, but the the most of the forty five minutes we watch her prepare is not the paperwork. Yeah, part. I it's know. her getting the gun, training with the gun, setting up her murder shack in the woods, murder getting shacks. ready to dump the evidence. It's also especially stupid because she's the main character, and also she is. Uh, the emotional her, her journey to get over Henry and learn to take care of her other son is the what's supposed to be main emotional plot of the yeah. story. And she's also like, Naomi Watts, and she's acting her yeah. ass off, and like is great <laughs> in this movie for this bizarre, bizarre thing. She did a really good job. It's just weird when it for me when a when a when a character when a movie or anything when a story like would have happened without any of the characters being there for me. I'm like, then what's what's the point of me watching this? Like, yeah. like it's not like she's like observing like a like, it's not like. A, Cloverfield, where she's observing like an event. Yeah, she's, she's just she's doing things the whole time that we're watching, but none of those things matter. Or even like the yeah. first Indiana Jones, the plot would go exactly the same way whether he was in it or not. But it's like still kind of campy and fun to go on this adventure with him. That it doesn't like you kind of forgive it for that. Where yeah. like here, it's just like I'm crying and now I'm laughing at how stupid this movie is. <laughs> so, so, something I I forgot to mention before that. Because, you know, when I was saying I, I was hoping it would be this murder story and like you were saying you, you got the number, part of what tipped me off to it was, if you remember from 30 minutes ago when we were thinking what the movie was going to be about, and the tagline of the movie was never leave things undone or whatever. Never <laughs> leave murder undone. The, the whole time me and Christy were like, this is going to be a murder plot, never leave things undone. And we were joking because it's like, never leave this guy unkilled. <laughs> but but it, it really, that the tagline did, uh, like that's what they were implying, that Henry couldn't finish the work of exposing and uh, exposing the police commissioner, and so the mom has to kill him instead. And that, I think, that tagline really is great yeah. and also awful. Um, I just wanted to add one more thing. So the two things that I would have changed in this movie is that Henry would have been 15, at least. Yes. And the mom would have been an aunt that was forced to take custody of the kids after okay. their mom died. Because then it would have made sense that she doesn't know what the hell she's doing. Yeah. So at the end of the day, Phil, you didn't even like it, and uh, it's it's so bad, it's a good way. No, if she would have killed him and buried the body and come back to the talent show and been like, I like I made some a man disappear tonight, that would have been like, okay, that's cool. But <laughs> I have never seen a movie like this. 
I would not say it's a good movie, but I think everybody should see it because I was like, this is a roller coaster of a film. What about you, Krista? I would not recommend this to anyone. Honestly, even like uh, even like as like oh this is so bizarre you have to see it like right. I would actually I would watch it with my brother just to see his reaction on it but it's mostly for the giggles. Okay, um, that's that's what I mean. Like yeah. you, do you think people should see it just for the giggles? Yeah, like, it's because it's, it's, there's some movies that are bad but they're just boring bad. Well, this do you think this one's interesting enough to be bad? Like interesting. Bad? I guess Ryan's right. It was a roller coaster and it was definitely like I liked how we were like taking bets on like okay well in the next scene. We thought, I thought the way that it was going to end was mom was going to kill the police commissioner. Then she was going to panic and show back up at the um, the talent show and get the kids in the car. And Dr. Dad was going to be like, I know what you did, but it's okay. We're going to go off together and like go to Canada or something. I'm going murder yeah. now. For speculation, it was fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Kevin, do you echo Krista's sentiments or are? I mean, like, the thing is, if they had chopped, if they had taken this movie and cut the time in half and just had it been like, here's a bunch of bits that don't really make because like the whole thing doesn't make sense together anyway. So, if you made it in bits together that didn't make any sense, it could have been. Even worse, worse, it would have been better. It would be, yeah, it would have yeah. been like because it would have like been like vignettes about their lives. That's like, here's he's really smart. Up oh, now, they're murdering somebody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because like for the first. At, like more than an hour up until like Henry's death, like I didn't care about any single character other than like ah Pete's cute, like that was it. And then like after he died, it was still like as everything was progressing, it was still like, wow, Pete's all right. The rest of them, yeah. I mean, they're there, I guess. But yeah. So before we wrap up, I do want to go back to our predictions and, and point out which ones were right, which ones were wrong. Uh, so Krista. You first predicted that Henry's book was about a dog who writes a diary. There was not even one dog in this whole movie, no and I was so sad. We checked. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you said it's a kid who journeys on his own in a survival helicopter story, which did there not really happen. No oh, yeah, that fucking, that fucking pilot helmet he has that yeah. he wears like once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, that scene, if they had done more scenes like that, and had it been like that was kind of his MO, then like... That whole last magician scene would have made sense. Just yeah. saying. You were right by one one. You were right by one thing, Krista. I was. Everyone's eyes were super blue. Yeah, they, <laughs> I don't know why that guy really likes those blue eyes. Gotta love him. Uh, your final uh, guess was, by the way, was uh, Dean Norris is a bad guy, but you, but you guess he's a bad guy because oh, you, he tells the kids I can't happen. You did not suspect he was an abusive cop. Oh yeah. Corrupt cop. Yeah. <laughs> sort of right. So uh, so Phil. You predicted there was time travel, which it was not. Uh, you predicted he becomes his own sister in another dimension, which it is not. Ah, uh, damn. It's a shame. Uh, and, uh, you, uh, you were convinced this was 10 years old, uh, which pl- plot twist, this script was actually written 20 years ago. So <laughs> oh, wow. this, pl- this script was sitting around for 20 yeah, years. Yeah, you tell me there's no time travel? How about that? <laughs> yeah, so you, so you were right. You see, uh, ultimate twist. And you were right that it's not good. So And, and I, I, I do remember thinking that... Uh, Hank, uh, Glenn, it yeah, was gonna Dean be Norris's character. was gonna be bad. I, I do remember thinking clearly. Like he's, yeah, you did. You did get that too. Yeah. You were the first one to get that. So yeah. uh, give me that. some points. Yeah, did we win? Yeah. Is this like a contest? Yeah, you should be awarding us points. I, I, I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say a little bit win the worst, but uh, at the end. Okay. So Ryan, uh, you predicted the girl invents a time travel machine and dies, leaving the books for the others. <laughs> so you invert. You kind of invert in your way. You, you predicted the girl's definitely dead. Like there's no way she's alive. So you, you converted that as well. And you predict this movie is probably really sexist. Which it was. 
I don't. I don't know. Was the, it the only two female? The only three female characters were all useless. Yeah. But Ex- so was yeah, so were most of the males. Like no, Lee Pace Hen- was useless. Henry was a god. <laughs> Peter was cute, and then like uh, Doctor Dad. I mean, he's a- he's useless. He, a- he didn't do anything. But his cheekbones. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say the only characters that have any agency are Henry and Glenn. Yeah, mm-hmm. Henry and Glenn. Yeah, yeah. The, the girl, the, the daughter, has no lines. The daughter is, I totally agree with Krista, that is one of the weakest characters I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. Naomi Watts is, like, helpless without her, her male uh, son helping That's her. True. That's true. That's true. Sarah Silverman is only there to bone Henry and be drunk. <laughs> but the thing is, like, I feel like, like, the Sarah Silverman character the Naomi, and the Naomi Watts character, I feel like they don't fall into a lot of sexist tropes I expected. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying that they're strong feminist icons, but, like, <laughs> I don't know if I would say it's a sexist movie as much as it is, like, an unfleshed out movie. Yeah, I guess it's yeah. fair. I I agree, but I do I do think the the bullshit daughter has so yeah no absolutely especially when she's like the main focus. I don't think there's any kind of like gender bias. I think it's like there's just they only they only wanted to make Henry a character. Everyone else is useless, and therefore most females in the movie are useless. But yeah. at the same time, I, though, I, I will that. say with Christina, not only is she super like quiet and passive, but she also is re- like repeatedly played up as like Henry's love interest, and like oh my future daughter-in-law. So like. I don't. I guess that's not sexualizing, but it's certainly keeping her as like a relate, like a relationship reward for him. Mm-hmm. So maybe yeah. it is a little sexist. That's yeah, like the, the whole... only reason she's important to him. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. get her yeah. as your sister so you can bone your sister, and it's yeah. not love related, so everything's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. So uh, the winner of our little competition, which I'm not, I'm not making competition retroactively, <laughs> is Kevin. What? Uh, he kind of had his movie's number. First, he said, uh, when I said, what's the book of Henry about? You said, this is like a Sawshank Redemption type of tone <laughs> about a guy riding by his life. Which is kind of... Okay. Accurate. Yeah, that is, that is pretty true. Uh, he just is, is a kid, an inventor proving he can. He's an inventor, but it's not about him proving he can, but he's an inventor. He's, he's proving he can kill somebody and get away with <laughs> yeah. it. From the grave. Yeah, while dead, he, yeah. Can, he can guide someone through a perfect, the perfect crime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he did predict this with Sarah Silverman's attempt at a serious performance, which it was. This is Sarah Silverman playing against type. And uh, they tr- and he predicted this movie sucks because they tried to throw in too many things, which... Ding, ding, Kevin, ding. Uh, Kevin wins. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin president. Kevin wins. Yeah. Fun's also... Guys, Lee Pace is way taller than I. Doctor Dad, like, he's huge. Okay, because I in Pushing Daisies, he's not he's not portrayed as that tall in that movie no. or in that in that whole show, like the two seasons of that show. And then I saw him here. I'm like, is he like seven foot tall? He, I think he is. Something like that. It's pretty, cool. it's pretty well, he's, crazy. He's in yeah. The Hobbit too. He's the Elven King, and like that was because we looked him up. Because I was like, I know I know him from something, and I knew him from Pushing Daisies, but. We saw him in there. We're like, what? <laughs> the weird Elvin King. <laughs> you know, this Dad. might not. This might be a hot take. This might not be PC. I think he's a good-looking man. He, yeah, he's definitely. He is. deserves better roles in this. That's why we thought he's gonna be like more yeah. of a thing. Great actor, very attractive. We're like, I mean, he's got to be something. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's pretty used. I actually kind of thought what Krista was saying before that he was gonna somehow fuck up the mom's plans. Like everything Henry had planned out, he didn't plan to have Doctor Dad there. Right. But it, she just she she gave him the slip at the at the uh, talent show, and then nothing came of it. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'll also say uh, that ending would have been better. Yep. Uh, so. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. So uh, that's been our first attempt at this uh, show, judging by its cover. I uh, hope you all had a good time. Hope you all have fun guessing along with us. Certainly. Thanks for having yeah. me. Yeah. I would Thank not you. watch that again, so thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'm assuming none of you will watch that again. So, <laughs> or be on the show again. Next time we'll do it even sooner after the show, like as the show is finishing, then we'll start instead of waiting a month. I mean, a second for us to walk out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So thank you all for listening, and that's been uh, judging by its cover. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. You need a sign-off line, Sly. Um, don't judge our show by its cover. It's way better than you think it is. <laughs> <laughs>